0: It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Packs What
1: She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney.
2: Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined, as always, by Perry Goldstein. And we may not be getting to talk about the Packers in the Super Bowl, but we do have a Super Bowl matchup that should be a lot of fun. The Kansas City Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Perry, what did you think of Championship Sunday? And do you have a vested interest in the winner of Super Bowl 57?
1: No. I just <laughs> want to go um, I find it, like, really incredibly difficult to root against Jalen Hurts. However, as a New Yorker, I also feel like I can't root for the Eagles. <laughs> um, but I also... Would love to see Mahomes win his second because he's so deserving. But I also am not ready for all the Mahomes did it in six years and Rogers couldn't do it in 12 narratives. <laughs> so I'm very undecided. Um, I thought that Championship Sunday was interesting. I'm curious what you thought about the games. Like the Eagles 49ers game was just like a kind of a train wreck. It's a little yeah. unfortunate to watch a team just, it was just so mismatched. Um, and then the Bengals Chiefs game was phenomenal, but the end just kind of, I don't know, took the wind out of the sails. You know, I, I wish it had actually gone down to the final seconds, but my take on it was that it was a pretty clear penalty. So yeah. if it had even been like remotely like 50-50, I would have been like, uh, oh, let him play. But he like, was fully out of bounds and got shoved. And if that was my quarterback, I'd be really pissed if they didn't throw a flag,
2: especially on the bad angle too. I think that, you know, plays into it, but yeah, I mean, I hate that it came down to all of those kind of ticky tack things because it taints your perception of what was like a really good game. And Mark had even asked me, I think at like the two minute warning and the Bengals had the ball. He's like, who wins? And I was like, Oh, absolutely. The Bengals. And sure enough, you know, that's, I mean, the atmosphere at Arrowhead was probably insane. I know that the pre-show they were talking about how it was one of the loudest atmospheres that they'd been a part of, but I'm with you. The Eagles 49ers just, it was such a letdown, you know, like we thought this was going to be a phenomenal game, two really good defenses, two explosive offenses, and then Brock Purdy gets hurt and his like fun storyline ends really sad. I think they just said that he had a full UCL tear too in his elbow. So really unfortunate for him. I think they asked George Kittle at post game, you know, like, how does it feel? And he was like, Oh, you mean to not have a quarterback and lose in the NFC Championship game? Shitty. Like, yeah. be <laughs> like, what kind of question is that? Um, but yeah, so we've got the Chiefs and the Eagles going to the Super Bowl. And we thought for today's show that we would have some fun looking at what these two Super Bowl teams have that the Packers don't have, <laughs> or maybe, you know, where they could improve going into the 2023 season. But first, I told you pre-show that I was crunching some numbers and I felt a little crazy, like that Charlie Day gif from Always Sunny where he's like stringing things together in pictures. That's how I felt putting this together. But I went all the way back to the Packers Super Bowl in 2010 and I looked at patterns or tried to find patterns in the numbers. And if you go all the way back to the 2014 Super Bowl when the Patriots beat Seattle, the better defense and points against has won. So we're talking eight, nine Super Bowls now that the better defense has come out on top, regardless of how explosive either offense has been. So if you look just strictly by those numbers, the Eagles are eighth in points against and the Chiefs are 16th. So that would tell you if the trend continues that the Eagles will be Super Bowl 57 winners. That's pretty wild because there's the whole mantra
1: of defenses win championships, and it's clearly true.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I thought this was interesting because, you know, we came up with the idea for the show, what the Packers are missing and how can they be Super Bowl contenders. I thought that we were, I was going to look through these numbers and I was going to see that these teams all had like top 10 offenses, top 10 defenses. And that historically hasn't been the case. 11 of the 24 teams in the last 12 Super Bowls have ranked outside of the top 10 in points for or against. So like almost half of teams, it didn't matter. You know, the Rams and the Bengals both had like right middle tier defenses, 15th and 17th. The Giants somehow won the Super Bowl with the 25th ranked defense. Uh, So I thought it was really interesting because we've looked at the Packers numbers, obviously, the last 10 years. And we've always said like the defense is what's stopping them from getting to the Super Bowl again. Mm
0: -hmm. And it's
2: true that the last time they had a top 10 Super Bowl, they did win the Super Bowl. But we've also seen... A ton of teams go to win the Super Bowl with worse defenses than the Packers have had, at least statistically, the last you know handful of years. I wonder what that.
1: I guess it's a just about opponent then, just being better than your opponent. So the better your defense, the more likely it is that you are going to beat your opponent. But I do find that the like the trends with offenses to be very very interesting because the Packers have historically had this like s- more explosive you know, pass-heavy offenses with Aaron Rodgers being Superman and everyone saying, you know, why can't they win? You know, look at all these weapons. They have Devonta Adams, they have Aaron Rodgers. And it really comes down to the fact that it actually potentially doesn't matter as much. So it's interesting to look at, especially because, you know, they've been pouring resources into the defense for so long now and everyone's been clamoring for a first-round wide receiver, this and that and that, the other thing. When obviously your numbers are are one trend, but it's showing like you probably should be pouring resources into your defense because ultimately it actually matters more that you're stopping your opponent. Because when you do get to that point in the playoffs, like you're going up against the best offenses, no matter what everyone across the board. So it really is going to be about stopping your opponent.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I think that's really interesting, too. Like, the Broncos are a clear anomaly here. They won the Super Bowl in 2015 as the ninth, 19th best offense in points for. But pretty much every other Super Bowl winner in the last at least decade, if not longer, has been a top-ten offense. But, you know, the defenses that have won... They've been, you know, pretty good. They've most of them have been in the top ten. But the Rams just won last year with the fifteenth best defense. The Ravens won in 2012 with the twelfth best defense. So we'll see if the Chiefs can do it. You know, now with the sixteenth, you know, best defense. But I do think a lot of those numbers are like really telling because, obviously, you know, if if we were just going to award the Super Bowl to whoever had the most points for the best defenses. These numbers would look the same every year, so any given Sunday still applies, especially in the playoffs when really bad teams like the Giants somehow beat the Packers and then win the Super Bowl against the Patriots. But I do think that it, it's kind of an interesting trend that, regardless of how good or bad some of these teams are, the defenses are really what carries them in like these big moments.
1: Yeah, I wonder if it has anything to do with like scheme matchup as well. Yeah, um, you know, like you can take a look at like what the Giants deployed. And that could also be an indication of, of how they won. Um, but it should be interesting because, like you said, the Eagles have the slightly better defense. So we'll see if this trend holds.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Yeah, so so let's talk about that then because, you know, like we said at the top of the show, the theme for today was going to be what these Super Bowl teams have That Green Bay doesn't. And obviously you can make the case for a lot of the playoff teams having some of these same traits, but let's get started. Um, I want to talk about elite tight end play. And a lot of these things I think will be similar to our last episode about like biggest holes on this roster going into next season. You could argue, obviously, that tight end is one of those biggest holes. You've got Travis Kelsey on the Chiefs, who is an all pro, led the Chiefs in receptions with 110, had 1300 receiving yards, 12 touchdowns. But then you look at Dallas Goddard's numbers for the Eagles, and obviously it's trickier to compare because he's got A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, but he had 700 yards, three touchdowns in 12 games. If you combine all of the Packers' tight ends, so we're talking yeah. Tanya and Lewis, Taguara and Tyler Davis, they had 76 recep- receptions, 676 yards, and four touchdowns on the entire season. So Dallas Goddard's numbers are better than all of the Packers' re- uh, tight ends put together. Yep.
1: I don't like making comparisons to guys like Travis Kelsey and George Kittle simply because they are like anomalies, but I feel like Dallas Goddard is like the perfect example for this where you don't need like one of the best tight ends. (laughs) You don't need the all-pro. No, but you need an offense that I think A, caters to your pass-catching tight end keyword pass-catching tight end and B, like one that's going to get involved is going to be explosive who just like because I feel like at this point you know you get a great wide receiver okay they they run the route tree etc it's the explosive like dynamic tight end that really adds the level to the offense that the Packers haven't had in a really long time and if you want to start continue on with this like trend of making comparisons last time Packers won the Super Bowl they had a game changing tight end he didn't play because he got hurt but Jermichael Finley was huge for that season. So yeah. they really have I mean, Robert Tunyon had his one season like that, but it hasn't been repeated. And um Rogers has always played better when he has a top a top tight end target to throw to. They just haven't they haven't been able to get him one. They tried with Jimmy Graham, the shell of Jimmy Graham, but I tried
2: with Sternberger. Tried drafting one, but yeah, yeah. It just hasn't panned it. didn't out. work out.
1: He's not on a team anymore. Um, Josiah Deguara was never gonna be that guy. He was always more of a gadgety guy, and they've catered tight ends in the blocking game more so under the Matt LaFleur era, which again is fine because you know the ground game and the run game for the Packers is supposedly like their strength and tight ends are huge in that. But when you don't have someone who can really like attack the middle of the field, I think, and kind of keep defenses on their toes. I mean, think about you got a tight end in the slot against a slot corner. That's like a mismatch every day that your quarterback's going to want to go to.
2: I agree. And, you know, it's really hard because a lot of these offenses also had really nice supplementary pieces. You know, I mentioned Dallas Goddard being third on the team in receptions because AJ Brown and Devonta Smith both had over a thousand yards on the season. So like there's little asterisk asterisk is there's little caveats to (laughs) to Mm -hmm. all of these things and you know Travis Kelsey obviously led the Chiefs but MBS really happy for him by the way that he gets to finally go to the Super Bowl he had an awesome game Juju Smith-Schuster got injured but he was leading their offense in receptions for most of the season almost had a thousand yards so I think you know we'll see like Christian Watson can obviously emerge as wide receiver one he finished the season as the Packers leading touchdown scorer but like, you know, we talked about it. Alan Lazard could be gone. So whatever happens with the rest of the wide receiver room, whatever happens with the rest of the tight end room, they're going to need to replace a lot of these bodies as pass catchers because we talked about it, you know, a couple shows ago, you've still got Aaron Jones. You've got AJ Dillon who can be threats in the receiving game, but the Packers still need a tight end yeah. that can serve that role. And Josiah Aguara can be really fun. I thought he had a really nice, like kind of under the radar season, but they need an impact player like a Dallas Goddard, even, you know, you could argue Hayden Hurst or Dawson Knox. I was just going to
1: mention those two, because again, these aren't guys that jump off the page. They're not getting drafted high in fantasy or not talking about them as hall of famers. You know, like, that's why I'm like, you have to separate the Kelsey's and the Kittles and the Gronks. Like those are a class of their own, but you can still have a very productive pass catching tight end just like a solid, productive, I would love to see Hayden Hurst or like Dawson Knox's numbers, that really kind of changed the game because Hayden Hurst emerged, you know, when T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are getting double teamed, Joe Burrow can find Hayden Hurst. Dawson Knox became Josh one of Josh Allen's favorite red zone targets. So the Packers just... They just need a player like that. And it's interesting to me because they tend now to grab those like bigger bodied, you know, six, five pseudo tight end wide receivers. They just they haven't found one who can get them the production that they're looking for.
2: Yeah. So really curious to see what the Packers do at the tight end position um, whether it's making a move in the draft, I would love to see them go after some type of vet. I think some of the guys we talked about have priced themselves out of Green Bay at this point, unless something crazy happens. But definitely, you know, a trend, I guess, that we've noticed thinking about what Super Bowl teams have that the Packers don't.
0: 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.